Hey there! Welcome to Before the Green and After the Checkers, a NASCAR fan podcast, and we are your hosts. I am Evan Locke. I'm Don Johnston. And I'm Mary Lee Locke. NASCAR. We watch it, we talk about it, and now we're sharing it with you. Every week we'll talk Before the Green, predictions for the upcoming race, we'll talk After the Checkers, a recap of what happened last week, and we'll throw in a little of the in-between too. But we can't promise it'll always be in that order. We also have Corey's question of the week, and let's face it, lots of questionable banter between ourselves. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy our content and share it with a friend. Without further delay, let's go. much buddy what are you saying well i'm saying what's going on and i feel like that's how i start every week i'm like what's going on guys same inflection and everything as if we haven't been talking for 20 minutes going over the outline (laughs) donnie says he likes it and i like it i like the sound of my voice so (laughs) oh don't i know that to be true yeah well you're one to talk um i am you're what? See any good racing lately? Uh, eh. <laughs> it wasn't the most exciting race, but it was alright. Um, Off topic of racing, but that Tour de France Netflix show, killer. Oh, is it good? It's so good, man. We're checking it. But I mean, like, I've been a huge Tour de France fan for, like, ever. Yeah. So, I mean. I remember. But, hashtag yeah. live strong. I remember that I remember. bracelet. Yeah. yeah. Live strong. Seven um, time. Actually, speaking of the Tour Are de France. Are you settings? Yeah. What's that? Settings? Yeah. Seven? No, Lance one settings. Seven. No, no. On our Netflix, on my Netflix account, I should say. Oh, settings. Yeah. That's your <laughs> username? Like, That's you? Your profile? Yeah. Like, why? Why settings? Because I figured you might forget about it and let me stay. Oh, I mean, I don't care if you <laughs> He'll stay. He'll let you stay anyway. But, you but obviously, you caught on, so. Well, yeah, but like, actually, you know what? Actually... I yeah, can. I can't even take the I can't even take the <laughs> fall for that. But um, yeah. before we get into the racing, I want to talk quickly about what's going to happen next week um, because I'll, oh my goodness, what you're going to tell everybody? I'm going to Newfoundland. That's so nice. I'm really excited about it. Thanks for asking me all the questions. Oh, is that not what you were talking about? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I was going to mention you were going to Newfoundland, but it was primarily out of jealousy. Oh, super pumped. Thursday morning. Yes. Jealousy? Yeah. Oh, what? I'm so jealous. You get to go to a big cold rock. Oh, so excited. Have you ever been to New yeah, Have you been, been there? You know what? I, I never have, and I what? am jealous. I want to go oh, to Newfoundland so bad. You should be. It's gorgeous. I'm yeah. taking Jen. Are you? Just have, for the audience who knows my best friend Jen. Yeah, she's coming with this me. Podcast? I know, but she's a friend that I see occasionally. Anyway, she's coming with me. That's awesome. Actually, yeah, I'm so now that you and I, Donnie, are getting into hiking, I'm sure that'll be one of our <laughs> one of our day trips for <laughs> oh, absolutely. beginner hiking is Newfoundland, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but while Marley going to go back and hike over, right? Um, but while Marley is in Newfoundland next week, obviously she won't be here to record. Uh, so that works conveniently since it is also Father's Day and there is no NASCAR race. So Donnie and I will be hosting a special, uh, a special episode. We haven't uh, got everything nailed down 100% of what we're going to do, but we've got a pretty good outline. We think it's going to be a really fun show. Uh, a little bit of a retrospective on how the year has gone so far. Uh, maybe take a look at some of the predictions we made early in the year and see if we want to stand by them. Um, I, uh, I don't recall exactly what was said, but uh, I do know Alex Bowman signed a contract extension before I predicted <laughs> that he might end up elsewhere. So... Um, if they were all as, as sensible as that one, uh, we've, we've got some, uh, we've got some crow to eat next week. So make sure you join us for that show. I'm sure that'll be fun and exciting. Um, hopefully at least one or the other, but ideally both. And also if you like it better without Marilee, let us know. We'll <laughs> fire her right away. And we might not even take her back from Newfoundland. We'll just leave her over there. So. The other thing that's important to note too is watch your stories for a vote on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Marilee, uh, you mind doing that up? You want me? Yeah. <laughs> I'll make that for you guys. Perfect. Um <laughs> The other thing that I want to mention, too, is we have made the decision that uh, going forward after next week's episode, when Marley returns, uh, we are going to try and change our post date uh, to instead of it being on Thursdays, we are going to try to post it on Wednesdays uh, just to give each of you more opportunity to listen to it before the race. Uh, everyone's got a busy schedule, so we want to make sure that we have that out to you as early as we can in the week. Uh, obviously there uh, will be some times where that's going to put us in a little bit of a time crunch. So uh, we do expect a little grace, but, uh, but we think that'll be better for the listeners and us overall. So that's, uh, that's the news on before the green right now. And I mean, you could listen to it twice if it's at Wednesday, right? Absolutely. Like, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually, I was looking at the statistics the other day. And it says that 86% of our listens come from Harvey Station, New Brunswick. And so I don't know <laughs> if Donnie's just got the whole town listening or. Is that actually true? Hometown no. hero, baby. <laughs> I was wondering. No, it only tells me country, not. Definitely not. Mm. Definitely not as Har- finite as, as, Har- as, as Harvey, Harvey Station. Station. is definitely country, bud. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. All right, what do you say we actually get into the con- uh, the podcast here? Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's a good idea. Let's get into our After the Checkers on and recap that race. Donnie, would you do us the honors and let us know who won this week's race? It actually wasn't a race at all, but just clear dominance from number 19, <laughs> Martin Truex Jr. I don't Second uh, race win on the year. I didn't expect you to be in that good of a mood about it. Oh, come on. <laughs> so who's the only winless driver there now? Gibbs, right? Because Truex uh, has yeah. two, Hamlin and Bell both have one, right? Yeah. So that- Donnie, can you... I can't... Will you stop jumping up and down? I tried to <laughs> tell what's happening over there. Wait. Oh, man. Wasn't it just so last you- week there was jokes about the Richter scale made on my account from jumping up and down? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the same applies here for both situations. So we'll let it be known. Hey, I've been working on that. <laughs> no, uh, Truex dominated that race. Um, and maybe 
as much as he dominated the race, Gibbs even Gibbs more so. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. And by Gibbs, you mean Gibbs Racing, not Ty Gibbs. Right. Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, yes. JGR led 84 of 110 laps. And a lot of the ones that they didn't lead was due to pit weekends because we only had the two, um, the two cautions for cause, I believe. Right. We had the one earlier in the race for, um, for a tire during pit stops, I think from Zane Smith. Uh, and then we had the second one when Denny Hamlin, I don't know if he was just confused, uh, but he cut that wall a little too tight and, uh, broke that toe link and limped around the track. So we only had the two cautions and, um, I did see quite a few people online saying that, oh, you know, we need to get stage breaks back. And I really don't think that's the case. Um, I think if you look at the way the races restarted, or every time the race started and then restarted, so we only had the three attempts, the initial one and then those two cautions, it's not like they were overly dramatic. Um, You see someone pass a couple cars because they were on fresh tires and everyone else wasn't. I actually think that the, the pit strategy where people were cycling and, and seeing who could get out front and whatnot was actually the more entertaining part of the race than the restarts would have been because I really didn't find that the restarts really created a whole lot of excitement anyway. I mean, I don't think there's really anything to make that race exciting because of Truex yesterday. Like, yeah, Sunday, I guess. I mean, he was just on a different level. The car, the driving, like he's got five road course wins, four of them from there. Like, it, it was his race to lose, and when it's, you know, when the wheel's in his hands, he's going to bring it home for sure. Is the wheel not in his hands every week? No, <laughs> some weeks, you know, you lose control. Okay. Truex, take the wheel! <laughs> no, but, like, last year, you know what I mean? Like, Truex had a great season, but had crap cars. Like, they really took the wheel out of his hand, like... Not literally, but you know what I mean? Like, you didn't give him the equipment he needed to get the W's. Right. Where this year, you're giving him everything he needs, and he's delivering on it. Well, and I, I didn't realize, but if ever there was a spot for him to capitalize, Sonoma kind of seems to be it. Uh, he's won there four times out of his five road course wins. That seems to be the one that he's really done well on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's... That's a pretty impressive statistic when you think about it. I consider Sonoma to be an extremely difficult track. Uh, there's so many elevation changes. Um, you know, a, a lot of times the elevation changes don't seem to take place uh, in other at other tracks is what I'm referencing here. The elevation don't seem to take place as aggressively on turns. Uh, like if you look at a place like North Wilkesboro, anywhere that we're having, sorry, not North Wilkesboro, Watkins Glen, anywhere that we're having elevation changes, with a turn involved, they're kind of a wide sweeping turn. Whereas at Sonoma, you've got some very aggressive, sharp turns uh, where you've got even multiple elevation changes in the same turn. And I think that's why the two best wheelmen in NASCAR finished one and two. Like you're never going to see a guy like Bowman take the checkers there. You know what I mean? You just don't have that kind of skill, but someone like Truex or Kyle Busch, guys that really know how to drive, that's the course for them to shine on. Mm-hmm. I I was really just wondering, like, how when we do this NASCAR podcast, how Evan differentiates his like watching experience from his driving experience in (laughs) iRacing. So like, (coughs) well, you know what? I'll throw you a bone, Evan. How did you do this week in your iRacing? Well, you know, I feel like this is a place where only a real wheel man can win. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I agree a hundred percent, but yeah, my, uh, the team put the wheel in my hands <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, wow. no, I, uh, actually I ran it twice this week. Once I finished 33rd and the second time I won it. So I um, left the 33rd part out the first time we talked about it. Well, yeah, no one <laughs> brags about that. Um, no, I had, uh, had an unfortunate incident with the wall. Uh, and so came back, uh, Friday night. Change setup a bit, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun actually. Running on that Denny Hamlin setup. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk about what happened because it was definitely my my issue. Um, and then three laps later, after I got my damage repaired, I went out and did the exact same thing in the exact same spot. So you never did learn quickly. No, <laughs> no, but. I remember my parents' struggles. All right, guys. Are we ready to move on from this topic? Sure. You're the one who directs the conversation. You tell us. I know. I'm just asking. That's why you're here. We're never ready to move on. Yeah. That is true. Don, Don so, still wants Chase... to talk about Bubba Wallace. Exactly. <laughs> Freaking Eric The real question Alvarola. was, is it the same What's that? incident? Yeah, we were talking about the yeah, same more. incident. It was a joke. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nothing new <laughs> like, no. I didn't think so. Did Chase Elliott return this week? He did, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, he got a he got a top five finish. He finished fifth, um, but it was and only like her that wasn't great either. No, uh, I looked like before that last caution. Uh, I believe it was uh, him, Larson, and Bowman, or him, Bowman, and Byron, and they were thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth, and then the other car was just a little ahead or a little behind. Um, it was not great uh, for Hendrick Motorsports this week. Um, but I, I will say kudos to his crew chief, uh, Alan Gustafson. I know I was a little hard on him the other week um, with how Corey LaJoy did and, and his responsibility there, as as were you, I think, for that matter. Yeah, 100%. Like that's, but, but like he, I said, like I feel like if Chase was in the car, he would have done more. Yeah, and I you think we I mean? saw that like, yesterday. He took a chance yeah. on a no-tire call. Uh, to at least give Chase track position. That was literally their only opportunity to get a win. Now, I think it was also the worst possible option in the sense that nobody stayed out behind them. There was two other cars, I think, that didn't take tires. Yeah. Um, and Chase Elliott said it best. He said, if there had been more cars stay out behind me, then we might have had more of a shot. But Yeah, but again, like it goes back to what I was saying there. No one was beating Truex head-to-head. Like Kyle Busch was, you know, the closest car that could have done it. So, I mean, you might as well take the top five. Like, I like the call that they made because you aren't going to win that race anyway. I think at that point you got to realize that. And to come back off a suspension, injury, have a top five, you know, they'd probably build off that. Yeah, at least you're building momentum. Yeah. You know, and actually if you – I was impressed with how close Kyle Busch stayed to Martin Truex in that last run. I was getting nervous, man. Yeah, because for a short time, he, like midway through that run, for a short time, he actually started gaining on him. And I don't know if Truex was just managing his tires, um, you know, just to make sure he had a little more for the the end of the run or what. But I was like, oh, this could get interesting because I think, I I don't, you kind of got to put the bumper to a guy there to pass. There's really not... uh, there's not like you can get a lot of runs. Uh, so that would have been interesting, but um, yeah. I you guess know they got a good friendship and stuff. So, I mean, I feel like they would race each other hard. 
Yeah. Like, and no hard feelings kind of between the two. Right. But, yeah. I was I was glad to see Truex finally pull away because I was biting my nails there for a while. <laughs> That's probably the only exciting part of the race. Manly, I feel like we went back. Sorry, man. I know, right? Because it's who we are. That way. We're getting a walk. <laughs> I want to really know. I want to know if Chase Elliott is going to get a victory this season so he can get into the playoffs. I mean, this was a course I feel like you got to look at to be like, here's a big shot. So, I mean, they missed on this one. But you know what? He's never won at Sonoma. No, you're right. But he is good on road courses. He is, but... Like, but again, like, he's not a wheel man like Truex or Bush. Oh my goodness! Come <laughs> off of it. Or Evan Locke. Right. Um, now I'm on board. No, I, I think um, I think he still will. Like if you look at what's coming up before um, before the cutoff, I think Chase has a great opportunity. Uh, you look at the mile and a half program right now that Hendrick Motorsports has, and I think they're looking great. Um, so that opens all kinds of opportunities. Um, if they can get the road course figured out a little bit, you know, we still got Watkins Glen coming up. We still got the Chicago street course coming up, which nobody's run on. Yeah. Um, and chase has proven to be a quick learner of new road courses. Uh, we've still got the indie road course for some reason, because it's the worst possible road course on the circuit. Um, Our I think I mentioned Watkins Glen. what's that? Our new crown jewel. Yeah. Um, and then I, I don't know if I mentioned the Glen or not, but, the Glen, he won back to back his first win. And then he repeated there the following year in 2019. Uh, so I, I think there's great opportunities coming up, even if we don't look at places like the mile and a half and, and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, think if we're being honest race. too, like our next race, like it's yeah. been Hendrick dominant the two times we run there. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I mean, uh, he, he's got some spots where they need a hit, but I honestly, I hope he doesn't. Well, you hope he doesn't? Yeah, I hope he does. I, I will say that would be an interesting turn of events. Yeah. Um, I think it would be absolutely gut-wrenching to see how bad the ratings would be during the playoffs without the most popular driver in it. Yeah. Um, especially since that's exactly when football picks up as well. So it uh, could be a bad thing. Um, but I will say, being in the position they are in, I think Alan Gustafson showed this week that he is going to make calls that are um, a little bit risky um, with the with the hope that they pay off big. You know, if there's a week where you're the fastest car on the field or the fastest car on the track, I mean, yeah. you probably don't make that risky decision. But when you're behind the eight ball, that's the kind of decision that can take a fifth to tenth place car and get it a win. So That's it. But you can also get in your own way, like you said. You know what I mean? And try yep. making stuff move when you don't need to and just overshooting your shot kind of thing. But, yeah. I mean, chances are he gets the win. Because we've got, what, 10 races left before the cutoff? Yeah. And here's actually, another you know what? That, that actually doesn't convince me. That actually makes me a little more doubtful. That's the thing. I would love for him to miss the cutoff and then start winning in the playoffs just to laugh at every one of those nine fans. <laughs> <laughs> what, 75% we'll of our fan base? <laughs> It is a large percentage. And maybe we don't want to alienate potential listeners just yet, Don. <laughs> for any for any of you that don't like Donnie's comments, you can leave <laughs> us a message at anchor.fm slash before the green. It won't um, be the first time. It won't no. be the last. And they're the only ones we're ever going to play is the ones that agitate <laughs> Donnie and stuff, right? 
It sounds like um, <laughs> Chase, when it comes to road courses, he just can't handle the elevation of Sonoma if he does better at the Glen. Mm. Actually, <laughs> there is one thing we need to address, speaking of road courses, that is not on this outline. But there is supposedly talks of NASCAR coming to Canada next year uh, to race on the Circus de Gilles-Veneuve in, um, in Montreal. Quebec, I assume. Yeah. Um, and... Because you murdered the name of that. I don't know what it's actually called. For those but... that didn't hear, that's the Cirque de Villeneuve. No, it's Cirque de Gilles Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Spell that, please. Again. Oh, okay. don't, don't keep... You know how they say you beat a dead horse, but you're just like stabbing it. It's terrible. Stab the anyway, of the word. it's named after Jacques Villeneuve's father. So, All right, Gilles. Gilles Villeneuve. Yes, that's what I said every time. Um, <laughs> so that would be super exciting for us Canadian fans. Are we going? Absolutely. I mean, they'll probably want us to lead the media teams, right? Actually, so there's been talks about <laughs> us giving the command to start engines. <laughs> We'll just call it Quebec. Yeah. On V a Quebec. Also, another thing, just to kind of touch back on what we were talking about, Chase's, like where he can win, where he can't, kind of thing. Hendrick hasn't been looking the greatest on road courses as of late. Yeah. Have they lost their touch? I think so. I I think when we transitioned over to this car, I think, um, like Hendrick Motorsports, I think had the previous generation car dialed in on road courses. Huge. Um, actually, probably the last few generations of cars they had dialed in on road courses. Uh, for whatever reason, the things that they found that worked on previous generation of cars uh, either don't translate to this car well or simply aren't able to come over. And they are, in my opinion, they are behind the eight ball. They only got the one win um, since the car came out, and that was at Watkins Glen last year. Um, <laughs> where, Ch- yeah, and Chase Elliott, man. Chase Elliott probably should have won that race, actually. Uh, but Kyle Larson pushed his teammate off the track. Um, so <laughs> it is what it Sunday. is. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, I will say, um, that was a, that was the closest I've ever seen there being like a teammate rivalry at HMS since Gordon and Johnson have left. Let's be honest, that wasn't much of a rivalry, man. Gordon and Johnson. Yeah, that was just Johnson being better week in and week out seven oh times. Goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Maybe we'll discuss that Father's Day. Sure. So who? <laughs> So who is the top dog in road courses now then? I mean, I think you got to go with Gibbs Racing. I think so. Uh, or even a little broader, I think Toyota as a whole. Yeah. Um, just because you've got to have Tyler Reddick in that conversation. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Gibbs cars right now, which, to be fair, 2311 cars are Gibbs cars Yeah. in the sense that that's where they're manufactured. And wherever Tyler Reddick's sitting, like, I feel like you got to put him <laughs> on the list, like the kid's performs well on the roads yeah and actually it's funny i was thinking he was the key to rcr's success at the road courses last year yeah um but i, I think if you look at kyle bush's run yesterday you kind of gonna go okay maybe maybe the program really is pretty decent and yeah you've just always looked at austin Dillon, who's not a road racer in any regard 
uh, and, and kind of thought less of it. But I, I actually think that maybe their program is a little better. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of where I was leaning towards too. Like you got 23-11, but I think that's just because it's Toyota and Toyota's dialed in. But yeah, RCR is really the surprise. Because I mean, it's, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're surprised, but I don't think they're my top dog contender conversation. No? Who are you going with? If it's me, I think uh, I think you've got to look at RFK. Oh, okay. Um, if you look at Roche Fenway Keselowski, I see your face merely. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I think... Uh, That's where Chris inter- Boucher races merely. Yeah. Oh, uh, Boucher. Yeah, Chris Boucher. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna love Quebec. Yeah, he'll go so good at them. <laughs> um, but uh, if you look, they post the res- the statistic. I believe it was seven consecutive top tens, and I believe on Sunday he made it eight on road courses. Uh, I think that's a very impressive statistic, especially if you look at like this year they've been competitive. If you look at last year where they were. Uh, those cars were junk everywhere. Uh, and he still got top tens, I believe, basically since the next gen came out on every road course. So that's a very impressive statistic. Perhaps it's not necessarily that RFK is the best team, but he's definitely a top notch road course racer. Yeah. I mean, he ran solid like most of the day and he finished fourth. So, I mean, we're talking top five even. Yeah. Like, so where's Rick Ware racing in all this? Prison. <laughs> No, that's Cody. That's, that's um, actually they didn't. They didn't have a great run this week. The power beat, that is. They only beat Denny Hamlin. He was the only DNF. <laughs> All right, guys, are we ready to move on to our standouts of the week? Yeah, yeah. let's do her. All right, positive or negative? What is sticking with you guys from this last race? You go ahead, Don. Who would yeah. like to start? Raise your hand. I'll, I'll take it. All right, Donnie, go Guess ahead. There wasn't really a ton to take on track since Truex was just dominant. I don't know if I mentioned that, but he dominated. So I had to dig around and go off track for my pick of the week, which again, to alienate 75% of the fan base, Chase Elliott fans. Have you seen any of the stuff they've been hollering about Denny? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, me that. Denny Hamlin's going to want that wall suspended for next week. Denny Hamlin, like, come on. Who's Denny Hamlin going to blame for hitting the wall? Like, your driver acted like a complete idiot, and you still won't own up to it, and now you're still going after one of the best racers in NASCAR because he hit a wall. Like, come on, people. I got to be honest. Some of their comments were funny, though. <laughs> they were, but, like, they're, uh, they're ignorant. Ah, like not, I mean, not every Chase fan, but a lot of them, like, I, there's just not a group that I really dislike more. <laughs> Maybe a Kyle Larson fan. Are but, you, uh, are you a fan of subtlety? I, I try to be. Okay, well, you're not doing a very good job of being subtle tonight. Um, no, you know I'm not. That's pretty blunt. Yeah. Um. For my standard of the week, I'm actually going to stick to the track. Um, <laughs> and not I mean, alienate what, the fan base. Well, that is what the listening. podcast is about, just not ragging on the fans. I mean, sometimes we actually talk about 
the activity on the track. Uh, but I think uh, for me, the standard of the week was uh, Daniel Suarez. Um, super unfortunate that miss shift at the very beginning of the race. Um, and really that, that really came from the day before racing in the Xfinity series. Um, you know, you have that four gated shifter. So you actually have to change the position of the shifter. It's not just up down. It's uh, it's first, second, third, fourth. And so when he went to go from second to third, I believe it was, uh, he put it in first instead, uh, or, something along those lines and over that engine. And that cost him what could have been a really good day. Um, they said it didn't hurt the engine and maybe it didn't, but it, it dropped him way back into like the high twenties or low thirties. And it just wasn't a day for passing at that track. So no, behind the eight ball. you get very and, few chances to pass there. I mean, if you're getting in your own way, oh my goodness. I thought you were going to say, like, you can't pass a guy so far ahead, Mary Martin Truex Jr. Oh. <laughs> no, man, that's all you saying, that stuff. Yeah. Merely, I I saw you speak, but I didn't hear a thing. Your mic is muted. I was going to say, you going on and on, but that's three times you said behind the eight ball in the, like, last couple of things. So you also are saying the same thing over and over again. Need a new cliche. Next week's segment, behind the eight ball with Evan. <laughs> could be worse no i'm serious though you've literally said that listen like, you guys are gonna have all kinds of time to pick on me when we get down to picks later so let's okay. let's leave it a little bit so you'd me. like to move on so you're ready to get out of the past and take a look at the future yes let's get on all right before the green we're two weeks out but what are we seeing in nashville guys all right so we're heading to nashville donnie in two weeks time on the uh 25th i believe it is yes sir 1.33 so, mile concrete trioval baby one and a third mile and i will say um this is i like concrete tracks um i they are much more susceptible to temperature changes so we don't have a lot of history to go on this week because uh, this is the first time we're running the cup series at night at this track the previous two races have been uh during the day uh so Let's get a little bit of history here on what we do have. It used to run two Xfinity races a year, as well as two truck series races a year uh, from 2001 when it opened all the way through until 2011 when it closed. Uh, it reopened in 2021 and it has hosted one race per season for all three national series. That's cup Xfinity and trucks uh, ever since then. So the first cup race was won by Kyle Larson in 21 and that was followed up in 22 by Chase Elliott. So that means that Hendrick Motorsports is the only team that has won here at the track in the cup series, uh, which is important to note and very fitting because ally is a major sponsor of the race and a major partner, uh, for Hendrick motorsports, not a whole pile of history to go on here. Uh, so it does make it a little bit difficult to predict things like what we might see, uh, who might win and things like that, especially as I mentioned earlier, because we're going to run it at night. So it doesn't start until eight o'clock on Sunday night, but, those cooler temperatures on that concrete track uh, should make for a really, really exciting race. Man, I'm speechless. You seriously just said Ally partners with Hendrick, and you didn't even say who they sponsor as a driver? <laughs> Buddy, I'm yeah. proud of you. That's all right. I might mention his name later. <laughs> I hope it's for picks of the week. 
points. I could use some more points. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't nice. Not to put so, you behind you guys the wall or anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I tell you what. Instead of instead of attacking you here, let's talk about the fact that we are going to have a race that starts at seven o'clock <laughs> Eastern Time on a Sunday night, not on a long weekend. Why? Because we're just so excited to be off of Fox that we don't care. Man, okay, that's fair. Um, although I will miss Tony Stewart being in the booth from time to time. Um, and I am looking forward to Kevin Harvick next year. That could be a really interesting turn for that for that group. But, I mean, it, what's wrong with Saturday night when we want to have a night race? Yeah, no, I, you're 100%. I really don't get it. And like you say, you know, like it's sets you up for a rain date. Like, worst case scenario, you get rain Saturday night, we run it Sunday night. Right. But now we're handcuffed. Uh, we might have a Monday afternoon race or something. They just, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Oh, no. And I won't be home this Monday to, to record it for you, Ev. Merely, it's two weeks away, you goof. Oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> you don't even. <laughs> let's, let's, let's say something here. Because before, before we hit the record button. We read over the outline. And as I'm reading Yeah, through, I just forgot. No, 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 no. We're not, it's always it's always me and Donnie picking on each other and you will pick sides and join in. We're gonna we're gonna take you to task a little bit here because tonight we're reading over the outline and merely goes This is all written there. Why are we going over it? You're taking too long. We've all and read Donnie this and I, before. Yeah, Donnie and I both enjoy reading over it because it gives us a chance to bounce ideas off each other and get some perspective. Well, maybe if you had have listened instead of ordering groceries, which is what she was doing during that recap, <laughs> perhaps you would have noticed that we talked about it being two weeks away. I know that, and I read that. I just forgot in the moment. I'm just saying. Even if I had have been listening then, we, it wouldn't have changed We that even comment. have a special podcast coming up next week that we've talked about. <laughs> how we're going to do a completely different episode. I know. I hope you guys really enjoy your recap. All we're just saying is be better. Yeah. <laughs> the, Sorry, I'm just guys. This, I apologize for forgetting. This probably won't look good in that poll. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hear us talk about it. Yeah. Um, what do you Sorry. what are you looking forward to, Donnie, uh, for this race? Do you think uh, taking the points lead from you? Oh, well, you are finally within striking distance. Yes, sir. It's been uh, a whole week. Honestly, I'm just kind of excited to be off of a road course that was a bit of a dud, even though Truex dominated. Like, I yeah, that's that's I get that. Um, even even for someone who generally likes road courses. Uh, I am excited to be away from Sonoma. Uh, really looking forward myself. I'm looking forward to see if anyone can take that title away from Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, they seem to kind of have a pretty good handle on the place based upon the last two years. Uh, so it could be kind of interesting. Uh, it is important to note, too, that last year's ended under the lights. So the fact that they won in similar conditions at the end of the race to how this one is going to run... Uh, isn't a bad sign. I'm also interested to see how they're going to race each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you got Chase and Kyle 1-2 or 
how's that going to shake out? Is Larson going to race him hard, or is he going to sandbag it? I mean, we're not supposed to sandbag, you know what I mean? But, like, does something happen where you get a little loose? I doubt it. I will tell you right now, um, I don't think there's a single guy at HMS uh, that's going to sandbag it. Larson cares way too much about winning. Uh, William Byron's having the best year of his career. Uh, and I think he just kind of wants to build on that. And Alex Bowman also needs a front, win. So I'll have to worry about him. He was literally the points leader for the first like five or six races of the season. How quickly you forget. And if it wasn't for NASCAR's penalty, he would still be well within playoff distance. NASCAR's penalty. I think that's Bowman's penalty for cheating, my friend. The penalty that NASCAR administered. For cheating, yes. Okay. It didn't change anything. Well, it changed Bowman being in first place. <laughs> well, no, the injury actually really fixed that. Um, but regardless, uh, you, you forget quickly how, how good of a season he's been having. So I don't think there's anyone at HMS that's going to sandbag it for Chase Elliott, uh, especially since I think everyone's confident that they have the car to get a win. Yeah. You know, so... I mean, if we're coming down to Daytona, maybe one of them will push them to the win if they can. But uh, I, I don't see there being, I don't see there being much issue that way. We'll see. I think it's hard to ever look a racer in the eye and be like, "You don't mind letting your teammate win so we can get him in the playoffs, do you?" Yeah, but I mean that's you because know. Larson's five foot four and we're over six feet tall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> say what you want, he can wheel a car. Yep. I. I feel like this is a good time to move into our picks of the week. Okay. So I've heard, I, I don't know where somebody mentioned it, but there was a different winner this yeah, week. Yeah, it was on the sign in Harvey Evan didn't Station win? once you entered. That's probably oh. where you saw it. Home, home of Donnie Johnston. <laughs> Mr. Three Point. Host of Before the Green and After the Checkers. <laughs> yeah, so Don, you won. Congratulations. We're very proud. I would say very won. Happy. I would go... Oh. Say, you know, back to Truex, I dominated. All right, you dominated. I'll I'll yeah. give you that. Whole three points. So Evan had zero, so that means that there's only one point between you right now. So next week you could overtake and No, two weeks from now he can overtake. Oh my gosh, two weeks from now. It's not it's not that I don't remember it's just, just real I will overtake. Let's be clear I'm on just, that. No no oh, hang yeah. on. Did you just say, oh, yeah, Marilee? No. Nope. My goodness. You have a lot of talk for someone who doesn't make picks of her own. Well, yeah. Why would I bother making picks? I don't know what's going on. I bet you we could give you five picks, and if any of them beat our two, we'd probably still be winning points on you. Mm. Now, anyway. That was maturity, Donnie, right there. I mean, nothing to say to it. I don't have picks. I don't want to pick. I don't have enough knowledge. <laughs> Fair enough. Neither does Evan. He's um, picking out uh, Oh, my god! I know. That's true. Um, so, Donnie is ahead because Martin Truex Jr. pulled out the win. But also, Larson finished eight and beat Evan's choice of William Byron. So, I think that means this week that Evan must be picking first, right? Yes, I is. So, for two weeks in Nashville, Evan, who do you have as the winner? Um... So, I am going to take Joey Logano. I mean, you're pretty much guaranteeing, okay. buddy. 
There's a 30. Guarantee in last place if it's anything like when place. you pick him. Hey, he hasn't <laughs> done good when you picked him either. <laughs> that's probably true. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to go with my second pick because that's what I tend to do quite a bit. So we're going to go Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson it is. We'll see. Ev, what do you got for number two? Uh, I'm going to take the team that has won the last two races here. Uh, but I'm going to take the. I'm going to take yeah Hendrick Motorsports. But I'm going to take the driver uh, whose sponsor sponsors the race. I am going to take Alex Bowman. I feel like at this point I can just throw a dart at the wall and pick whoever it lands on. Go for it. Who would Who would you like All to right. pick? All right. Ah. I know. Man. Like. Did you just land in the abyss outside? <laughs> I've <laughs> been thinking Tyler Reddick this whole time, but now I'm kind of leaning towards Denny Hamlin. But, okay. No, no, no Tyler Reddick. Evan, who did you pick? Sorry. I took Alex Bowman. Who do you pick before that? Joey Logano. Okay. I'm going to go Christopher Bell, actually. I mean, all he has to do is beat Bowman, so. Christopher Bell is probably a solid pick. Um. Okay, I just want to say something here. Um, because I don't know if everyone knows this, but we started this podcast last season, and we only made it eight episodes in because Donnie's picks were so bad; he was too far back in the points. <laughs> um, that he poured water on true. his laptop so that it would stop working, and now he's sitting here. Now that he's a little bit competitive. He all of a sudden is all like, "Oh yeah, this guy sucks." I would, I don't have to pick anyone good. I, I mean, here's the thing: Alex is at least pretty much guaranteed to finish better than he finished last year because he finished so dead 30%. last. Is that why you picked Joey so Alex wouldn't finish dead last? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all making sense see if, now. See if the curse lives on. Right. No, um, I, I. We'll just see what happens. I uh, <coughs> I felt pretty good with my picks this year. I'm, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, like I said, I don't even have to pick the guy to win. I just have to pick him to beat your guy. Yeah, so you're picking Bowman to beat Bell. Gotcha. Yep. All right, Marley. I'm not picking. I'm just kidding. We're we going on into the next segment. Yeah. Is that what you want? Yes. It's what the people want, Marley. Tell me what you want. I'll what you really, you what really want, want. What I really, really want. It ain't it. Well, it ain't for either of you two to start singing. <laughs> I can tell you that oh, right now. I don't want to pretend like I speak for you know the entire world, but I definitely feel like I can speak for our fan base or our listener base, whatever you want to refer to them as. When I tell you that they did not listen to this podcast in hopes of being like, I hope they sing tonight. You don't know, Donnie could be an amazing singer. All right, guys, let's head into the in between. All right. So that all of these quiet little breaks in between our comments can stop. Okay, so I plan to be short and sweet this week, but let's talk pace cars. I know it's supposed to be the in-between, like, week to week, but in between the green and the checkers, we see a lot of yellow flags, and with that comes the pace car. I did a bit of research into the position because I was a little curious about it, and here's the information I've deemed worth sharing. Of course, feel free to chime in at any time, guys. So, the main goal of the pace car is to give a pace to the drivers before the green flag drops 
and to keep them in formation and not racing each other before it happens. So they control the speed or set the pace. They also need that because NASCAR vehicles, I actually know this, they don't have speedometers. So they're matching their lower speeds by driving with the pace car through pit lane and around the track um, by following and looking at their tachometer. So I actually didn't know that, which I thought was kind of interesting. And of course, their paint scheme has to be, I mean, it's basically white all the time, but it has to, it can have sponsors, but it has to look nothing like any other car. So nobody thinks it's their competition and, or says they think it's their competition. <laughs> that sounds like a Ross Chastain thing to do. Who was it who uh, beat the bumper? I didn't even notice him. Who was it who beat the bumper off of two years ago? Was it Kyle Busch? I think it I, was, right? Yeah. But I think that was more, he was just mad. Well, yeah, he was. Well, when I was reading, it did say that like Dale Dale Earnhardt and a few others like used to kind of give the pace car some nudges quite often. Yeah, Tony Stewart, I remember doing it too. Um, usually because they're buddies with the driver, but right. sometimes out of um, Juan Pablo Montoya just gave it a little there one time too. That I was read. A <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, that was it a- actually. Oh, that's interesting. So then the information I read was wrong because it actually said, and I, I didn't remember you guys saying pace car, but if Montoya Montoya blew up a pace car, like you did that jet dryer, that would be, that's yeah. 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 No, somebody has information wrong. (laughs) Wikipedia got me again. No, I'm just kidding. And, um, I can't give you a specific speed because every place is different, but for Nashville in two weeks, the pit road speed limit will be 45 miles per hour and caution limit speed, caution lap speed will be 55 miles per hour. And finally, most interestingly enough, and what I started looking for, the driver, of course, has to be as unbiased as possible, so not tied to any teams, but it's many times a retired NASCAR driver like Brett Bodine and Elmo Langley, apparently, both drove it for a long time. And does anybody know who the current driver is? No. Jay Childress. Um, and he is a assistant director at NASCAR, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I have on the pace card. I'll be honest, I hadn't realized that Repo 9 was no longer doing it. Um, he had kind of... Oh, like 2018 or something. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, to be yeah. fair, that's not the type of information you look for on a weekly basis to see who's driving it. But um, but it is, uh, it is... It would be an interesting <laughs> position because you're always out there with the drivers and stuff. But... Um, but yeah, the uh, the fact that they use the pace car to set pace or pit road speed is actually a super interesting um, method to do it. So basically, the pace car sets his speed down pit road, and then they verify that the lights on their dash are lighting up at the right amount um, with their tachometer. So it is it's actually really cool uh, to think that the guys drive down pit road uh, looking at their lights. Uh, and looking for their box all at the same time. It's pretty It's wild. amazing we honestly don't have more speeding penalties. And it like, because I mean, those guys like take it within a 16th of an inch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like, all it would take would be for that pace car driver to be a hair above the speed yeah. limit. Um, because they set it at, like, let's say they set it at 45. Well, NASCAR gives them a five mile per hour race, yeah. right? So they're they've got their tack 
so precise that they can get up to like 54.9 miles per hour in a 50 mile per hour pit lane. Yeah. Uh, so it, it really is astounding, uh, which tells you that the pace car driver is obviously doing a very good job of maintaining the accurate speed so that these guys can set their tax off of it. I have yeah. a question though. Okay. So like when they're setting that speed in um, pit, pit lane, how does like the end guy have the exact same speed set as the front guy? Like there's quite a bit of distance there. That's uh, it, it's really, it's really just to verify uh, in reality. They like based on gear ratios and whatnot, the teams know what pit road speed limit is going to be. So based on gear ratios and whatnot, you can figure out what your tachometer should be at based upon what gear you're in. So if you're maintaining pace with the pace car in front of you and your tack is on, then you should be right. They would have all that figured out before and have the tack set. And it really just takes them down pit road to verify that their speed is set right. Uh, but that's why it's not really that big of a deal. So there's not two pace cars doing that. There is. Uh, two halfway through the field, they'll have a second pace car only at the very beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder who drives that one. Actually, a lot of times they have an honorary pace car driver too. They do, they do, but that's usually just directly behind the regular pace car driver. Yeah. They don't leave it up to them because it has a lot to do with safety, right? They call it the safety. And you got to be well. precise. Yeah, safety car comes a little more from like European side, um, yeah. because in a lot of um, like F one and things like that, they don't actually stop the race a lot of times uh, when there's incidents on the track. Well, it's quite a bit of distance too, right? Yep. So. Yeah, they'll they'll even have like local cautions where you can't pass in a certain area of the track, but the race continues on. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps up the in-between, so let's head into Corey's question of the week and our final segment this evening. Sweet. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready, Don? So ready. Okay. We need the answer to this question, boys. What is about road racing specifically... That makes it so that the drivers end up being significantly more spread out. Can I answer for you, Donnie? Yeah, go for it. Well, it's because Martin <laughs> Truex is at the front. <laughs> and he's so much faster than the others. That about sums it up. Thank you, Corey, for that wonderful question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. No. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Donnie, if you want to take that. All right. I'll, like, I'll just kind of use what I got stuck in traffic today in a construction zone. So, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, in believe it or not, I'm a highway <laughs> of all places. But you know what? Wow. Like, if you're the first three cars going into that construction zone, you get through it pretty good. But when you got a field, you know, backed up behind you, you almost can come to a standstill at, point, at times. And so it's a lot like a road course. Like those guys at the very front, able to get away and then you got a whole pack that's fighting for position um near impossible to pass turns and yeah it's just very easy for the leaders to get out and for the pack to kind of get messed up for a bit be a bit slower and then string out over time and the other thing is too when you look at an oval track um you know you you make you make your left turn if you mess up a turn well you only got one more in the laps done Whereas at you drive your left turn in, you drive your left turn in. Yeah, but at a road course, because there's so much switching back and forth, there's so much more opportunity for mistakes to happen. Uh, so 
as that happens, of course, the field spreads out more too. But but Donnie's nailed that answer for you. Um, that's a hundred percent why. Yeah. You have to be mistake free on a road course. Right? Absolutely, you have to be an incredible driver. And add in a little bit of luck, and and you can have a dominating performance like Martin. Truman's I always think you luck. <laughs> uh, man, honestly, I think there was definitely an element. Of like you look at all of those Gibbs cars, they were running top five at the very beginning of the race, and throughout the day, through pit caution or through pit strategy and whatnot, they went back through the field, and he was very fortunate that that didn't happen to him. But had it, I don't know if he would have dominated. I think that's just more about Truex than it does the car. Maybe. (laughs) I think I I need I need like a signal. Like, no, you've already talked about this, guys. Move on. Oh, we talked about. Uh, oh, so we did. Yeah, you've mentioned Rentrex. I mean, to and, be honest, that's all we could. Really and talk Alex about Bowman. This week. <laughs> to be fair, not that exciting. I haven't seen most I'm of this sorry race. About that. I was sick. She said she yeah. was sick. Not that the race yeah. was sick. To be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right, guys. It is time to wrap it up. Head us out of here, Evan. All right. Well, uh, first of all. Um, I do want to mention one more time that Mary Lee is gone away next week and that we will have a special podcast coming to you next week. Uh, but most importantly, we want to thank you guys for listening week in and week out. Really appreciate having you here. Uh, always love putting this podcast together for you guys. Uh, we realize that some weeks uh, the content's better than others. We are getting our footing here, but we're having a lot of fun, and it's because of you that makes it worthwhile to do it. So thank you for that. Very excited about next week's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, going to be interesting to look back and see all the things that Donnie got wrong at the beginning of the year and how they've transpired as such. Uh, but while we're doing that and while we're waiting for Nashville to show up, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe our Facebook, Instagram, uh, wherever it is you're listening to this podcast, whether it's Amazon Prime, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever it is that you're listening, make sure you follow and subscribe to us on there as well. And vote to keep me. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we'll put that poll up. I think Donnie and I have made our decision, but nonetheless, thank all of you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. See you. Bye.